she's a, she's a life of the party. That one. Oh yeah, girlfriend. yeah. And which is a really interesting dichotomy between you and her. She is very, very, you know, like a a, a, a rocket, and you're, you know, not. <laughs> <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the pop culture. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, another episode of the 80s News of the Week. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? With me as always, he's the Ronnie Spector to my Eddie Money, Sean Daly, our beautiful pop critic. You know, I, I hate that song. Why? Take Me Home Tonight? I, ha- oh, I hate it. Worst Eddie Money song ever. Worse than Walk on Water? <laughs> walk on Water is a good song. If I could walk on water, Spears, hey. God, what is his worst song? It's not "Take yeah. Me Home Tonight." Shaken, maybe. Yeah, shaken. Remember that video? He's like having like an epileptic seizure. <laughs> I, I, you know, we love Eddie Money. Eddie Money has been oh, we here do. so many times. He stole one of my beers backstage at Ruth Eckerd Hall. He now officially looks like um, Rodney Dangerfield, though. Yeah, Eddie Dangerfield. He's kind of bug-eyed, but beloved. Yeah, bug-eyed but beloved. The Eddie yeah. Money story. Someday we'll get him on the show. You ready to start the? Uh, yes, I love. 80s News of the Week. Week, week. We need a better name for this. Yeah, this is 80s News of the Week. How about, like, not necessarily the news? Yeah, except no? for that was taken in the ah, 80s. By HBO. Ah. You know, explain to people who, who might be new to the show, this is only the second time we've done it. Explain to them how it works. We talk about 80s news. No, we talk about current 80s news that also has great relevance to the magical decade that occurred 30 years ago. Basically, stuff would crib off my blog. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. You have this delightful blog called, also called Stuck in the 80s, and um, you put all this hard work into it, blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, we decided that in order to give 80s Nation more entertainment, not just entertainment shows and theme shows and uh, other shows, uh, we're also going to give you these little, little snippets. Like, maybe not the longest thing to make. We come in a half hour, come into your living room or your car. Drive time. And we entertain you a bit. We're giving yeah. you more uh, Spearsy and Daily because that's what America <laughs> and the world demands. Are there any Paraguayans here? No? Is that right? Yeah. Is that good? That's well done. Now, as you'll hear here later, um, we have a listener who is irate at 80s News of the Week um, and blames it on me and my new. Um, Girlfriend, Sharona, as I'm calling her. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. That's a great nickname. Sharona, you like that? Yeah. yeah. You think Perfect. about that one, kids. I know, I will. Um, but yeah, but we're going to hear this listener later, and he's very, very upset and has an interesting theory. But first, 80s News of the Week, brought to you by the Stuck in 80s blog by Stephen Q. Spears. <laughs> Topher Grace is back to his time-traveling shtick in Take Me Home Tonight. A new movie about the 80s with that iconic title because of the Eddie Money song, which neither plays in the film nor is appropriate Good. because nobody in the film takes anybody home that particular night. Really? No one yeah. gets laid? Nobody. Well, I wouldn't say that, but nobody goes home. 
<laughs> I like how you read that too, like an actual news snippet, like Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. Is there gonna be a twist at the end of each of your stories? No, like Paul no. Um, yeah, take me home tonight. You saw it and reviewed it for the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. And what did you think? I gave it a B minus. I kind of liked B-. it. B minus. You know, you're you're a B minus for me on an '80s movie is like an F. For anything yeah, else, no, no, that's true. But the, the point I think is, and it did really poorly in the box office when it opened. It opened up last week, shocked. Uh, number eleven. I didn't even know there was eleven movies out. <laughs> but eleven, um, it's 11. the opening week. Like what did it like? Short Circuit I, Two was like. 10. I know, I know. It's sad. The um, it's like a t- it's a time capsule movie. It's one night, uh, in late eighties, nineteen eighty seven. Topher Grace is playing a video clerk at Suncoast Video, the great Suncoast Video, which. Uh, was born uh, in the eighties. Suncoast Video. Let me tell you about Suncoast Video. Uh-huh. Is that remember they had like the mystical porn area in back with like the bad beads? Yeah, you know, no one under eighteen admitted, and I was like fourteen cruising through the beads and like looking at this stuff. Right. Yeah, Excellent I read the stuff. Suncoast had the great porn room. Right. And then, oh, oh. Yeah. I became so, a man in that room. So it's 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 based in the ladies it's a movie that was made four years ago actually and it would have been better four years ago but there was problems getting it uh into the theaters because there's a lot of drug use in the movie and the producers kind of felt like eh, i don't we don't know how comfortable we feel making fun of cocaine use what cocaine here's my problem i, I don't really like i like pineapple express and cheese and chong are fine like pot movies okay i can deal with like pot humor don't love it not my favorite, but I despise cocaine like jokes and cocaine humor. I, I, I don't for some reason I don't find that extremely funny. I'm not being like some sort of like you know uh, weirdo or anything. like no, that. No, I know, but like uh, I don't find that particularly funny. It was uncomfortable to I'm see. I'm always it. afraid to do it. Like I've never I've never tried any really hard drugs. All I've done is smoke pot. Yeah. Now I can't run for, run for president. Great. <laughs> Delete yeah. that. No, never but I think if I ever tried any sort of like amphetamine. My heart would instantly explode. Yeah, safe to say. Yeah, but um, so and it is awkward to see it. That being said, it's got a great soundtrack. You know, not a John Hughesian soundtrack. You know that these are all songs you probably already have on your on your iPod. Yeah, there's a great scene where Topher sings uh, "Straight Out of Compton." <laughs> there's a great upside down vomit scene. Wait a minute, straight out of Compton. What is it? Eighty nine. See, there's a little time disparity. Ninety ninety one. Yeah, no, straight out of Compton was eighty nine, and I think this movie technically takes place eighty eight, eighty seven. Really? Trust but me, I jump sloppy. on that. I jump on that all the that's time. That's really sloppy. Yeah, it's here's, a great here's, scene. Here's my first of all. Any boobies in it? Oh God, I don't remember. What? You know what? You know what? Man that sort of thing now. doesn't mean anything to me anymore. <gasps> Life is just so much better. Oh my God! Are we really doing this right now? No, it's fine. Oh my God, Spears! All right, now if you haven't heard the show in a while, Spears. Now, I do have a nickname. Like I have Sharona. Her name is Tina. Oh, <gasps> that's her real name. Yeah. Oh my God. That the what, top five greatest eighties moments is when you don't give someone a stupid ass nickname and you actually give the woman you love a real nickname. Oh my god! Yeah. Are you guys dropping the L word to each no. other yet? Lunch. <laughs> Lunch. I know you are. Lunch is the only L word we dropped so far. Well, no, you are very uh, out in the open on your Facebook page about uh, uh, your affections for this young lass. You know, and I'm happy for you. She's yeah. really cool. Um, so you guys don't. She probably badmouths me. You probably badmouth. No, me we her, don't talk you? about you much. We talk about ourselves. No, I'm our really future. happy for you. But you are very, very much. Loved. I've never, you know, all these times I wanted you to have a nice romantic comedy relationship, a good relationship. I can honestly say, and if Tina is listening right now, you have played this so differently. 
I don't want to say play. That makes it sound like it's some sort of game. A ruse. It's not a clever ruse. But you have uh, been so different. Really, really good about this. Like, you, you haven't done any of your, you know, moronic tricks. There's still time. She's a, she's a life of the party, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And which is a really interesting dichotomy between you and her. She is very, very, you know, like a, 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 a rocket. And you're, you know, not. <laughs> <laughs> but here's one, one more thing on Take Me Home Tonight. Topher Grace is supposed to play somebody who's in his early 20s, out of college, I Just imagine. out of college, just out of MIT. Isn't Topher Grace like 35? Yeah, he's, but he looks like a kid still. Like, isn't Topher Grace, hasn't he made like adult movies where he plays like, yeah, you know? Yeah, he's 32 now. But you know what works? You know Why the movie still works? And I still think it's worth now. a rental. It's worth a rental, at least. I mean, if you don't want to blow nine bucks on a movie ticket, I don't blame you. It's worth a rental. He Because he does that time-traveling shtick with that 70s show... You sort of buy him at, oh, at any age, yeah. and he and he has that perpetual young look to his face and that doe-eyed innocence, you know, as he's experiencing, you know, oh coming God. out to his crush, yeah, from high Does school. He, get which her? Is, he gets the girl. I take he it. gets the girl. You know, but how he gets there is a little unusual, but uh, and where he gets her is very unusual. He's got like a fat friend in there. Dan Fogler, yeah. It's it's a great does, does Anna Ferris is in there. Does the fat friend do a lot of coke? Yeah, yeah. I don't find that uh, funny at all. Eh, Am but, I like a, like all of a sudden like some sort of prude? Yeah, it's weird. Really? You're going the opposite direction, too. I don't understand. It's all because of Sharona. <sighs> my, my, my. That's great. It's a great nickname, isn't it? Yeah, it is. For so many reasons. Delightful, she's a delightful. Ready girl. to move on? Yes. Phil Collins has officially retired from music. The former Genesis frontman told FHM Magazine, I'm not worried about not being able to play the drums again. I'm more worried about being able to cut a loaf of bread safely or building things for my kids. What do you say there, Sean Daly? I know you love Well, you Phil know, I, the thing is that he's got like vertebrae problems. Yeah, he can't, so he really can't play, play the drums. And like he, one of his hands he has no feeling in. Like yeah. He can barely grip stuff anymore. So he's terrified. He's got these young kids. And he's terrified about that. However, I think the bigger problem than Phil Collins' uh, physical ailments are Phil Collins' mental ailments. And Phil Collins, if you read the FHM article, and before that, um, Rolling Stone did a really, really good uh, feature on him with a picture of him with a shotgun and allusions to him having suicidal tendencies. That was pretty jarring. It's like a black and white shot. And Phil Collins is sick of being Phil Collins. He feels like he's a punchline, you know, and it's probably guys like me. Like, I, I like Phil Collins a lot. You know that. Yeah. I like, I have Phil Collins on vinyl. I still listen to him a lot. All those, like his early, his first three solo records, great. Days with Genesis, uh, Invisible Touch, and before that, amazing. Still very vital. I love it. Uh, I even like some of his Disney stuff, okay? But what happened is he just released this Motown album that was a dog. I think I gave it a D or an F. Do you remember that? Yeah, it ran, it ran yeah, on your on, on your yeah. page in the paper and on TampaBay.com. And it was really bad. But it was also, as I'm ripping this new album, I'm basically kind of defending Phil Collins. Like, you know, rappers love his voice. It's so funny. Like, hip-hop culture dictates 21st century culture, pop culture by a large degree. Yeah. Rappers love Phil Collins because he's got a tone in his voice that is unlike anything you hear on pop radio today. You know, and so they love in the air tonight. So I think Phil Collins has this really. I think his perception that everyone thinks he's lame is wrong. I think if anything that he has had a bit of a, a comeback. I yeah, think. but what's what's really telling too is from the same exact interview where he talks about his ailments. He also says, and I quote: "I look at the MTV Music Awards and I think I can't be in the same business as this. I really don't. I really don't belong to that world, and I don't think anyone's going to miss me." 
I'm much happier just to write myself out of the script entirely. Well, I mean, I, that, that's kind of a, a, a weird comment to make because, yeah, you know, he doesn't fit next to Rihanna. You know, he doesn't fit next to Rihanna. And, um, you know, Phil Collins was, it, it, you know, basically a pop star. You know, he, he, he was a pop star. So, I mean, he wouldn't fit in that respect. But Phil Collins stopped appealing and, and marketing himself to the MTV crowd a long time ago. Yeah. He took gigs with Disney. His last few albums, which were pretty bad, like that piece of crap, Dancing to the Light or whatever it was. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't even know. That's a weird statement. Phil Collins is really, really bitter. And I guess I would say my reaction to him retiring is kind of bittersweet because, one, I don't want any more of those Motown albums. And I don't want Dancing to the Light. That said, I wish Phil Collins didn't hate being Phil Collins so much because I think history remembers him pretty yeah, well. Yeah, and I think, it's, I think some of his tunes are timeless. In the Air Tonight, I think it's just as good of a song today as it was 30 uh, years the ago. The tone on that, the drums, the tone yeah. on his voice, uh, it, it's great. So it, studio it's so is just as bad today <laughs> as it was 30 see, I years love ago. No Jacket Required. I love that yeah. album. So, I mean, I, I'm sorry to see him go, actually. I, I thought it was bad news. What was really funny was that he, he said he was retiring, then his publicist said, no, he's not. And then he came out a day later and said, yes, I am. So, at least for now, Phil Collins remains. We know he's a huge um, Alamo buff. He collects uh, yeah. things yeah. from the Alamo, like to an obsessive degree. And Rolling Stone wrote about that. Look up the Rolling Stone article, look up the FHM. Uh, let us know what you think. But yeah, I'm sorry he hates being Phil Collins so much because. We you loved know, him being Phil Collins. I think somebody started a website called uh, Phil Collins is the Devil or is the Antichrist. Yeah. He, oh, he's always talking about that. Some jerk starts this, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We love you, Phil. We love you at Stuck in the 80s. Blade Runner is being reborn. That's right. In the world of Blade Runner, replicants can't grow old, but now they can at least be renewed. Variety magazine reports that um, Alcon Entertainment has about to finalize plans to produce prequels and sequels to the 1982 movie starring Harrison Ford and my favorite Rutger Hauer. What do you say, Daly? I know you're a big I have this on DVD. You're a big uh, Blade Runner fan. I don't really buy into it as much, but what I do love is when you do your Rutger Hauer impression. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Do your favorite line, Rutger Hauer line from Blade Runner right now. Time to die. <laughs> No, give us a little Kirk. Kirk. Dude, come on. Do Spock. Do it. Oh, no, no. Do Khan. Do Khan. Come on. Do you know that old Klingon proverb, revenge is a dish best served cold? <laughs> it is very cold <laughs> in space. <laughs> I love that. I can't. I can't right. do the accent. I, just, I like the last <laughs> no, line. You've been a little Back sick code. lately. I know. It's That's if you hear uh, anyway. Blade Runner. Yeah. I mean, prequels sound great to me because I think there's prequel, a lot. A well, lot do of we really want to see a seventy-year-old Harrison Ford as Rick yeah, Decker. Sure. Is it Rick Decker? Is that you know, what it was? you know, prequels lately have been working. I mean, it didn't work so well for for uh, Star Wars, but I thought the new reboot of Star Trek with kind of like the that's kind of almost a prequel. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I did. And oh they, my gosh! By J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was killer. If they could come back and and like start up the whole idea of you where know why a prequel works, yeah, because you don't have to deal with the you know the same actors like looking old and trying to find that role again, yeah, and you can tell a totally different story that is very playful and connecting to yeah. the story that right that is going to come after it. Yeah, I love that. Someone yeah. else that did it really well. Um, Sci-Fi Network did it when they brought back they brought a series called Caprica on, yeah, which is the prequel to Battlestar Galactica, and I loved it. It got canceled after like two seasons because it moved a little too slow. I think that's the problem when you try to turn a, a prequel into a series. You have to you feel like you have to pace yourself. I'd like to see Ridley Scott involved. 
because he's, well, got his a name great, has been brought up. he's got a great visual sense. Yeah, and why not? He, um, you know, that's his, uh, that's his right. franchise. And I'd like to see him do sci-fi again because I don't think he's done sci-fi in art. Yeah, right. oh, the Gladiator it, and all these. Like, when they Russell did this, when they did the sequel Robin to Robin Hood, right. the hell was that? Right. When they did the sequel to Wall Street, they brought Oliver Stone back, and he did it, and he gave it that same feel. Yeah, I didn't see that. I, it's, it's on my good. Netflix queue. It's good. All right. You ready for one last one? Yes. Ah, yes, my friend. Journey has a new album set for May 24th. It is called Eclipse, and it will also kick off a North American tour beginning this summer, including a date in Tampa on September 17th. Haven't like six of their albums, six of their albums been called Eclipse? No, it does sound familiar, though, doesn't it? It really does. It really sounds familiar. I just bought Frontiers on vinyl, my favorite indie record shop. It's great. It's a great album. I want you to come over and we can just like, you know, get on my shag carpet and hold hands. Where you see my new apartment, dude. It looks awesome. I'm not kidding. Like you're you're afraid of it. It looks great. Does it still have that awful echo when you talk echo. in there? No, because it's filled with stuff now besides my sadness and my tears. <laughs> Sharona helped design it. Sharona, you know, actually, you know, that's a good thing you bring her up right now. I have an idea. Okay. The f- you, Sharona, me and Tina, we double date for Journey. What? For the All Journey right. concert. You know why? I was the exact same age as Sharona when I saw Journey for the first time on the Escape Tour. Uh, you know what? You know what? That you're setting up as a joke, but I, yeah, we'd love to double date. Yeah, deal with it. You could tell this song title each time. Like, this is this is Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> this is Stone in Love. Like I'm still in love with you, baby. This band that's opening for them, they're called Foreigner. They're not actually <laughs> foreigners. That's just the name of them. Uh, she's an incredibly bright girl, Sharona. But yeah, her pop culture, even her pop culture now is a little shaky. A little shaky, like current pop culture. What is but she like good that. at then? If her pop culture knowledge is She's no a good. great writer. She's a, she's a good friend, Steve. She's a good friend. See, I can be earnest too. Does she hold your head she's up? She's hot. She's really hot. She, you know, when you're, when you're having a down day. <laughs> she does. Let's move on. I don't give a crap about uh, Journey's new album or their new tour, but I do give a crap about the, the Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is Reader Mailbag. And you know, I really love the nickname. I love the fact that you have a nickname for your girlfriend because it's totally reversed now. Yeah, it is. It's freaking I'm Friday. using real names yeah. and you're using nicknames. I'm Spiritual Daily. Enjoy. You're going to have a good I'm gonna time. I'm going to start wearing a t shirt to work. Come, come <laughs> in at 11. Oh, uh, you know what? Only because like I work nights, baby. I work nights. Yeah, I hear you do work <laughs> nights. Uh, we have a do great best work. We night. have a great letter today. One of my favorites. Um, it's very, very nice. It's very nice. It's very nice of you to l- allow me to read this on uh, on the show. It, uh, it's from our friend Bill with one L. Bill with one L. You don't see that a lot, Bill with one L, do you? Would that no. be Bill? Is he like Scandinavian, perhaps? He says, Dear Steve and Sean, I've been on the verge of writing into the show on several occasions. It's usually when I hear something I don't like, get caught up in the moment, realize it's just a difference of opinion, and I let it go. So sometimes he's steamed at us. Sometimes we really push Bill's buttons. My uh, Pink Floyd's comment, that, that pushed his button. Yeah. So now I figured I'd lend some constructiveness in lieu of criticism. I like that well said. In a nutshell, I'm 41, graduated from high school in 1987, never married, no kids. I've been in a relationship with a beautiful 80s girl for the last eight or nine months. When I say 80s girl, I mean it. 
She was born in the 80s, barely. So just like you, Sean, I am in a May-December relationship. We kept it quiet for the first four months, afraid of what her family might say. When we realized this would last longer than just a summer fling, we had to go public. Turns out her parents liked me very much, and we were very accepting. Oh, I'm sorry, and we're very accepting, despite our 19-year age difference. Wow. They have a very, if you're happy, we're happy attitude. There are going to be people who will look down on this. People will make jokes or worse. A girl I have been friends with at my workplace for many years has told me flat out that she doesn't like this one bit. Does that sound familiar, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, we we know who that that is. And another woman reminds me every few weeks that this relationship won't last. Granted, she's not your normal 22-year-old. She's smart and articulate, and she loves 80s music and culture. So, Sean, let the naysayers naysay. If you're having a good time with this new girl, so be it. I met my girlfriend when she was 18, and we knew we liked each other, but the social stigma postponed our dating for almost three years. Three years of wasted time. I don't have a DeLorean with a modified flux capacitor, but if I did, I'd be permanently stuck in the 80s. Bill with one L. That's a very nice letter. Thank you, Bill with one L. And congratulations on your relationship with your personal Sharona. Um, very nice. What's going on, Steve? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a good suggestion for you. In two years, when your girlfriend turns old enough to start drinking legally, where are you going to take her to celebrate? Um, we don't have to go anywhere new because Chuck E. Cheese serves beer now. That's right, so we're just going to continue because we've built up a lot of points for yeah, coupons. Yeah. No, I. She's actually not a big drinker at all. She shouldn't be. <laughs> no. Yeah. Good point, Steve. <laughs> You're right. In fact, she's never had a touch of alcohol. Good. But you know what? As much as Bill with one L is supportive of uh, of my relationship with Sharona, uh, another listener is not. In fact, he's not only is he... Well, wait, I guess he's not saying anything about my relationship. However, he thinks that maybe it's had an adverse effect on the Stuck in the 80s podcast. We have a good friend in, Mar- in New Jersey named Mr. Mark Grant, who sent us many things over the years. And Mark hates... Um, uh, uh, 80s news, uh, our 80s news segment, and uh, and he 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 has a, a theory. Are you ready to play this message? Yeah, we're gonna us? play the audio message he left for okay. us. Hey, Sean and Steve, this is Mark in New Jersey. I just finished listening to episode 223, where the boys take a whack at a new format. It made me sad. It broke my heart, and much like Steve, I felt a little dirty. I felt like I was cheating on my wife with a poodle. I felt wrong. I felt pain. And I don't know what made you guys decide to make this leap of faith. Though I can't call it a leap of faith because I don't think that Spears' heart or his faith wanted any part of this. So I've got to ask myself, why is Daly doing this? Is the television spots he do not enough for that ego of Hollywood? How big do you want to be there, Shawnee? How big do you got to be? Is it the powers that be that are saying, oh, we need something new. We need something different. We need something fresh. We need something hip. We need something crazy. I don't think so. I think maybe you lost your way. I think there's a remote possibility that the girl that Sean is babysitting, I mean dating, has no point of reference with all this stuff and she's trying to Yoko the band. 
I think that might be the problem. I hope it's not. I hope I'm wrong. You owe it to me. You owe it to 80s Nation. You owe it, you owe it to yourself to cool your jets, pull the horses back, and go back to business as usual. I love you guys. Don't make me re repeat another one of these things. <laughs> All right, so take care. This is Mark in New Jersey. Well, first of all, thank you, Mark Grant. We love having messages, at the very least. At the very, very least, we love having messages left for us. And if you leave them, there's a good chance we're going to play them because we love hearing from you guys and, and letting you guys have a voice. However, I must say that the full Freaky Friday, Spears Becomes Daily, Daily Becomes Spears, is complete because now I am being accused of the yokofication of Stuck in the 80s, whereas at one point... People, you brought in your uh, VGF. Hello, Steve. <laughs> and you basically took TNT to the beauty that was the podcast and blew it up for how many episodes? It was only like five episodes. It was like well, 17 episodes. No, it was like VGF. five episodes. <gasps> Episode number 17. <laughs> <laughs> Today, our 12 part series <laughs> of the Pet Shop Boys finally concludes. <laughs> oh, sweet Wait, release. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, I can assure you. That uh, Sharona has no interest whatsoever in '80s news, and there's no—I can't really see the link between us. Our, I, I like our new—I um, like the new segment, the new show, right? Yeah. Like I said, um, I think today's was really good. I thought today's was really strong, and it's not always going to be um, '80s in the news this week or what, what do we call it '80s week, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we're going to give you the other stuff, but anyway, I assure you that Sharona has no creative input uh, into the show. Other than um, letting Steve mock me. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Sean Daly actually picked out the yeah, uh, last show's mystery clips, both for this segment and the next one. Kind of ironic that I picked this one. Yeah, I know. Are you ready? Yes. Pay attention. Here was the last show's mystery clip. You got to pick the right spot, the right time. You gotta try not to get famous while you're in the act. Yeah, it's body heat. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> I don't like this movie. It's just <laughs> not enough trannies in it. Uh, yeah. Boy, that young Kathleen Turner. I got a, mm. I got a nasty Man. email from someone saying this this movie has no business being considered an '80s movie. What? I think it's 1981, actually. I'm like, why, why? It feels too much like a late 70s movie. Eh, well, people have opinions. Whatever. Ever, it's an 80s. If it it's was made in the movie. 80s, it's an 80s movie. Right. God, that. Kathleen Turner, young, hot. Young then, Kathleen yeah. Turner, man. And then her she, Romancing the Stone, where she kind of plays goofy at the beginning, and then all of a sudden when they're doing that dance, dun, 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 like her legs coming out. Mm. Yeah. I like but that. What Kathleen movie Turner. do you think she kind of turns not so hot? Serial Mom. <laughs> no. Uh, War of the Roses, she's starting to turn a little. You can see, you can God, see I love War of the Roses, though. Yeah. Oh, I love War of the Roses. So good. Um, so wickedly wrong. Uh, yeah, but she, boy, she's she's beautiful. Now she's kind of uh, a little rough these days. Yeah. Okay, she's taking some hits. But yeah, that Kathleen Turner. Mm. Anyway, we had a lot of people who knew it was Body Heat, and they include... Uh, Greg, still waiting for that prize you were supposed to send me <laughs> three to four years ago. Williams, Bill Harris from Chicago, Dangerous Dan, The Z-Man, and the lovable Balbo Baggins of the Sackville Baggins. I love that. <laughs> you know, Greg Williams, I, 
I emailed him back. I said, send me an Addy. He doesn't. He never does. Yeah, what's what's Williams? What, don't send me an line? Addy. Is he a fugitive? Maybe. Come pick it up at the office then. Dude, Greg be the one arm man. Let's go. Get in here. Yeah. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I remember when you first came in here, telling me how much you admired the bastard. I was wrong. Wrong. You ain't never been right about nothing. If you know it, email us at stuckinthenews.tempa.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, yes, time for Name That 80s Tune. And yes, once again, Sean Daly is responsible for this week's selection. Are you ready? The irony is I pick Body Heat and then I pick this song. It really shows you where my head's at these days. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Don't say it! Go ahead. Here was last week's mystery tune. That's Love Changes Everything by Climby Fisher. Changes, changes everything. It's busy. It's Tina. I can't believe you released her. Did you clear that through her? No, but I'm, I'm sure she's fine with it. <laughs> Your first. I'm gonna check my Facebook status. Checking a Facebook status when I get out of here, just uh, be on the safe side. Don't bring up Facebook statuses for Christ's sake. Oh, has that become a point Shut of contention? Up. Wait a minute. I... Shut up. Move on. This week's winners. <laughs> Include Walter Coxie, Cox, Walter Cox, Derek Lane Waters, OJ from La Corona, Spain, Al's iPhone, and Matt in St. Louis, who writes, Hey, Spearsy, this week's song actually brings back memories of a VGF-type situation of my own. Climby Fisher's Love Changes Everything came out the summer before my freshman year in high school at the exact time that I was trying to win the affections of the girl I was best friends with at the time and hoping to date. The song was in pretty heavy rotation at the time, which only made it more painful to hear as my chances slowly started to dry up over the course of that summer. Unfortunately, I would not get any more chances as I went on to my freshman year at an all-guys high school, and she went on to the public high school that everyone I grew up with was attending. As you can imagine, it didn't take long for her to find someone new and slowly phase me out. It's been almost 25 years since I first heard that song, and to this day I still see that broken-hearted freshman I used to be whenever I hear it. The difference now, though, is that I did meet someone that gave me hope, as the lyrics point out, and we've been married almost four years and are proud parents of a beautiful little girl. You know, that's interesting, isn't it? It's like no matter how, you know, we keep that stuff with us, which is all point, of, you know, the, the point of this show. But even though this guy's got, he's married four years, he's got a daughter, I'm telling you, you know, kids change everything. Um, but yeah, still, 25 years ago, you have any song that I mean, is there a song today that reminds you specifically of a girl from the past that you haven't talked talked about before? God, my crazy! <laughs> I shouldn't say crazy; it's not very funny. But um, uh, Molly Sherman, <laughs> Molly Sherman, "Crazy for You" by Madonna. Really? Yeah, Molly Sherman, "Crazy for You" by Madonna. Because I think that that was playing during like I want to say my first kiss, maybe. So that "Crazy for You," but in a very comical way, not like I gaze out the window, like I kind of laugh. Um, I'm trying to think what song reminds me of Natalie Diffenbaugh. Oh, 
Oh yeah, that song. <laughs> anyway, let me continue. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I just have to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast and appreciate the community of '80s fans that follow the show on Facebook, Spearsy. As great as Daly is with his wisecracks, which truly are gut busting at times. No show would be great without someone providing an emotional center to which we can all relate. As much as I'd like to be like Sean Daly, in reality, I know I'm more like you, Steve, and I think you'd find that most fans fall into that category. Speaking from personal experience, the 80s was a time where most guys I know acted like Jake Ryan, myself included, around the girls, only to be given the Farmer Ted Ducky treatment. Looking back, I might have been better off ordering the book How to Pick Up Trashy Women and winging it like Badger. That's a reference to uh, Better Off Dead, right? Yep. I'm hoping to send you some St. Louis snacks soon. Options would include Old Vienna Red Hot Riplet Potato Chips. <gasps> yes, please. They sound delicious. A wide variety of Crunchers Potato Chips, kettle cooked uh, for extra crunchiness. Mmm. And Vess Soda. Vess. V-E-S-S. Vess Soda. Have you heard of that? Never heard of it. No. Forever stuck in the 80s, Matt in St. Louis. Very, God, two great letters today. How do you feel like that? Most of us uh, want to be like Sean Daly, but are, in fact, Spearsies. It's a world full of Spearsies. No, nah, I'd say people probably fall in, somewhere in between. Yeah, I don't know. Great, great letters today. How about it? Boy, we're back. We're back getting great letters. We're back getting uh, crazy fan greetings, even psychotic ones from Mark Grant. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. We can always use more fan greetings, and we can especially always use more emails. Tell us your stories of pain, my friends, and let Uncle Sean and Steve solve them for you. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. back and before we go i you know i want to go back and address something we talked about earlier we need so i mean tina doesn't need a nickname but and you've already given your girlfriend a nickname but we need nicknames for uh we need a name for this show right yeah, it was 80s news of the week doesn't work Nah, it's clunky and we also need now that i finally moved into my new condo the beautiful two-bedroom unit with what do you call it, layer two the layer I, two? I don't know if layer two works it should be a prequel. <laughs> Before the lair. Before the lair. We, we so, already went over this. So here's my idea. I think we need nicknames for my new place and for your place. Here's what I think we should really do. Because you've so demeaned my apartment, which is awesome. It's like a swinging bungalow, man. I've actually got a couple of mine for yours already. Ready? Oh, God. Here we go. The Romper Room. Oh, that's cute. Jimboree. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one might be taken. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah, sure. Names for the show for both apartments. It'd be fun to have like a video blog uh, tours of each apartment. We could do that. I, you know, sad to say, you've only been in my place once when it was, had nothing in it. it. Was echoey. I have to have you over and show the new place. Yeah. And um, I haven't been to the lair too. That's true. I haven't been to Son of Lair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I love 80s News of the Week. Uh, I think this was really, really good. I think this is a strong one. 
Um, and it's good to be back, man. But we got to do, we got to give somebody a good interview show. Yeah, we're looking for one. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, get somebody good. Soon. We yeah. got some serious, and we'll a good theme show. Maybe we'll come back with a theme show next. Catherine Turner in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'd like to get her on. Hello. She'd be like, <laughs> people would think they like, stop screwing around, Sean. No, really, it's Catherine Turner. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's wrap it up, baby. Let's wrap it up. As always, Sean Daly and I, Kathleen Turner excluded, remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. <laughs>